Hello and welcome to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. This week, we discuss a win against Melbourne Victory. We touch on the results from our other three matches. And we discuss the current state of the club with CEO Sean Millican. I'm Pete and I'm joined by Luke, Josh, Morrow and Jimmy. Fellas, 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 fellas. How are you? Round two. Howdy. How to win. Still got a club. Winning club, baby. <laughs> oh, we're a club for today. Has anything happened yeah. recently that we haven't touched on yet? I think the pretty big breaking news out of the last 48 hours, of course, is the Mariners got three points uh, away to victory on Monday night. Um, of course, I can't really think of much else that's happened in that time. So we'll uh, spend the next uh, 90 minutes or so probably just chatting about that. Mm, been a quiet one. Yeah. Not we, much else happened. We almost got in front of Melbourne Victory here. I can't believe... Surely I get some credit. We were so close. We beat them both times. With I think. Can you guys remember the last time we actually did the double over someone? Silence speaks volumes. Well, when you win 14, like four games, 2014. Uh, maybe Adelaide. Adelaide actually rings a bell because we beat them in ago, Canberra when um, Ocon was in, in the charge. Era. Yes, yes. And Payne got a screamer from twenty-five yards mm. out down in Adelaide. Mm, and we beat them in Canberra that same season, I think, as well, with uh, Quabina Appiah scoring. I think so. Yes. Yeah, you're right. What a trip. Oh, memories. Well, that feels like five years ago when it's only about, what, it's three? Probably was, wasn't that far off? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, three years, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, memories. Three it's always nice ago. to, to reminisce. <laughs> it was about three spoons ago. <laughs> it, was, it was around the age of mediocrity, I think. Yeah. No, it was before it was, uh, the age of mediocrity. <laughs> What the age we, of mediocrity ended shortly after. <laughs> what do we call the Ocon era if the Mulvey era, era was the age of mediocrity? What's what's the Ocon era? Well, no, the Mulvey era was the end of the age of mediocrity. If you f- remember, he famously As he proclaimed alleged. it to be over. Yeah, well, it was over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on reflection, he was probably right. <laughs> Prophet Mike, thanks very much for all you've done for, uh, for the Mariners over the years. Fred's question um, was last night, or Monday night in fact now, uh, was that the last Mariners game? And which large company would you like to see by the Mariners? Would you like to see Red Bull Mariners or Central Coast Amazon? <laughs> Did you end up getting on to Bezos or not? I haven't heard back, but I'm expecting big things. Oh, okay, that's good. Jeff, that's give good. us a call. <laughs> I, I'm keen for Red Bull Mariners, but I'm sure MacArthur wouldn't be happy with that. It has to be Jim's Mariners. Jim's Mariners, yeah. Why not? They've got their fingers in so many other pies. They've got Jim's mowing, Jim's cleaning, Jim's pies. Um, Jim's wooden spoons. <laughs> goes, go nice. Jim's carvery. Yeah. <laughs> but we are that workmanlike club, so, you know. Yeah. yeah. Jim's, it's great. It's yeah. fantastic. I'm, I can see the branding, actually. We'd have the best pitch in the league. Immaculate. And yeah. the cleanest stadium. Yeah. And we'd get to mm. see Jim at the start of every match down there with a pair of scissors trimming it. <laughs> <laughs> Do they bring the ball out on a ride-on mower or something for us? Surely. Surely. <laughs> we can have a giant lawnmower down the end of the... like <laughs> Lawnmower <laughs> races in between at half the time. Source models, like yes. a giant rake, <clears throat> giant like lawn tools. Off. Jim's branded. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Like the wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube men with Jim's faces on them. Yes. yes. Oh, yes. This is all coming together. Jim's mask in the crowd. We should probably put together like, a proposal on this yes, and get this 100%. get this done. Or oh, that's my project for the next week or but so. Don't give it to the council because they'll say no. <laughs> <laughs> Councillors would they even read see it. it. <laughs> but no, I don't think it's the last Mariners game. We're in a sketchy spot, but no, I don't think it's the last Mariners game. Long story short. It won't be easy, but it won't be right. It might be the last Central Coast Mariners game. Mm, 
Yeah, I mean, it's a tough one. I mean, you know, we can get into this later on with Sean, but I'd, I, it, it would be insane in the current environment to up and move a license, to move a club, to move a brand elsewhere. It's just, it's not a good look for the league with a lot of other things going on. And they, there's already not a good reputation about the league from the inside and from the outside with things that have happened in the past, like like the Fury, Gold Coast. Mm. Not many people were really fans of the two new clubs that they've introduced. Um, I think moving a licence at this point is death. I think moving <laughs> a licence at any point is, is really 100%. death. You've seen it yeah. happen in the NRL so many times and in other codes as well where you know they pick up and relocate and the fans don't buy into it because it's it's plastic at the end of the day. Yeah. I'm interested to see how um, Oakland Raiders go in uh, Las Vegas next year. <laughs> we'll have to find a new team. I'm concerned about it being, you know, our last game or our last game on the Central Coast. But I think if the FFA is serious about having a future in this comp that looks like something else other than the suburbs of cities and we've run out of cities, then it's time that they stepped up to the plate and mm-hmm. recognised that the teams like ours and like Newcastle need to be able to be viable and clearly there's something wrong with the model. I'm sure there's been some other issues associated with our financial problems, but the model has made it very well, difficult. Well, they are it. trying to change that model, aren't they? Well, I, yeah, they have been, and, and I hope that they can succeed. But but it's that motivation. We heard Greg uh, Rourke earlier in the season say that Central Coast would stay on the Central Coast, and that's a commitment that they really need to stand by. Um, so, yes, I hope it's not our last, and I hope it's not our last for the right reasons, and... We can move through this era smoothly. Like every single league in the world has what you would probably consider regional clubs and we should not be the exception to that. No, 100%. And I, I, I'm firmly of the belief that a a strong Central Coast Mariners means a strong A-League. You need to have regional clubs. Yeah. Not every club can be some sort of bloody mammoth that you know sells out bloody 40,000 seats every game or anything like that. It's just not the case. It's not the case here and it's not the case in the best leagues in the world. So... And we've got to stop frittering away fans. The thing is that if if the FFA uh, uh, comes up with or conspires, if you like, to be a part of the demise of my club, I'm done with the A-League. Yes. So that's, I'd also like to add that I also will be done. If that's they move me or along whatever. with, yep. you know, hundreds, thousands potentially of other fans. So we've theoretically eliminated potentially 300,000, 350,000 people from being interested in the A-League if that happens. Probably add, ever again. Exactly. Add mm. that to the – not interested in football. Mm. Add that to the X hundred thousand people at far north Queensland, the couple of hundred thousand people or several hundred thousand people around uh, the Gold Coast. How many times can we do this in a population? of 20 to 25 million people, we've already wasted and frittered away a million potential fans. Time to, you know, recognise what the actual issue is instead of letting it fall apart around them. Well, it will be very interesting to see what Sean has to say about it later in the pod tonight. Uh, He will be joining us, of course, a bit later on. Um, But as you say, they'd be mental to look at moving us at this point, or at any point, really. Let's uh, move on to our games, uh, all of our games that have been played post-COVID. First up, we had the Perth Glory game at Central Coast Stadium, our away game that night, uh, losing 1-0 to Perth. Dane Ingham, the brother of Jai, coming to uh, burn us there in that one. Nepotism. (laughs) 
<laughs> if you want one word to describe that team, then yeah. Oh, it was good to be back at a game and to yeah. uh, yell abuse at people. <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah. And for them to be able to hear us, it was good. Especially Liam Brady. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, I think, I'm not going to get started on the sitting down thing. I think seeing other clubs not have to do it and we had to do it. <sighs> yeah, yeah, it's it's tough. And, you know, it, com- it comes down to... Obviously, the, the stadium and their staff's interpretation of what the regulations are or are not. Yeah, that's it's a, it's a whole can of worms. It's literally a couple of foot difference between me standing up and sitting down. I'm not <laughs> fucking running around, kissing everyone. Why not? I wish you would. Oh, they wouldn't let me up to your, your box up there, the stadium <laughs> announcement. Um, yeah, not too much to say about that one. Obviously, a bit of rust to shake off for uh, for both sides that night. Um, and we got nothing out of it. Uh, next just up, a, sorry, just about yep. all these four games, we dragged the opposition down to our level. Yeah, but I mean, we concede one goal in this. I had visions of us returning in this particular part of the season and just being an absolute humiliation, as if we weren't already an embarrassment before the break. So, that being the case, then I felt good about losing one nil to Perth and, mm. and going close ourselves. Did we hit the post in that game, or am I dreaming about? Something yeah, we hit the crossbar. Yep. yep. Yeah. So, so you know, we were in this, and we showed some, you know, resilience in the game. And I, I've always rated Perth, although they've shown that that was maybe not necessary recently. <laughs> well, yeah, they got turned over quite heavily against Adelaide uh, the other night, uh, but I think they got the Bickies last night. Yeah, they won last night. Yeah. yeah, but that was against Wanderers. Yes. Who are uh, looking. Very poor. Um, moving along uh, to the next game, we hosted the Newcastle Jets. Of course, the 50th F3 derby. That one was a nil-all draw. Very memorable for F3 derby number 50. Uh, was mired, unfortunately, by an injury to Jordan Murray, um, who's done some damage to his shoulder there. Uh, but great to see Alo Kual get a start in that one. Mm, Matt Simon uh, absent for that one for a groin injury, wasn't it, I think? Yeah, he did his groin in the lead-up to the game. So um, Kual obviously thrust into the limelight there. And uh, I thought he did all right. He did all right. Very raw. And from what we've seen in youth. And um, did he play MPL before pre-COVID? It, it was NYL and, uh, yeah, he had two games in the MPL yeah. pre-COVID. Yeah. So we've watched him a few times and, yeah, impressed, but very raw. But I think he held his own, not afraid to go in for a challenge or to use his body and I mean when you've come from MPL to in Victoria mm. from the outer suburbs he's been through the ringer probably so to speak playing against adults already so um and you know a guy with an infectious personality which we saw post game didn't yeah, get the say. best service either um until no. Nizzy came on is this that's the game where Melling was dragged at half time yeah yes, yes. I, look I'm, I'm gonna go out on this I was so glad to see him dragged in the 43rd minute. Yep. I think that's not pretty, waiting till half time. Yep. Sending a message saying, you're not good enough. Get the fuck off. No, it's, it's, I mean, it's fair. And he wasn't good enough. And unfortunately, you know, that made um, Stens', Stens's job so much harder as well in the center of the park. Look, he hasn't been good since the break. But he's Stens. 10 times better with Nizzy next to him. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Melling just dragged him down even further. Yep. And it's a, yeah, it's a shame to see, but. It is what it is there. Um, so, yeah, he got dragged in that one. Weirdest feeling derby ever. It was, yes. Yeah, well, I mean, when you only have, you know, shy of 2,000 in the stadium. Mm. <laughs> but, I mean, that's a, that's a COVID normal crowd these days. Sydney, we're only mm. getting 1,500 down at um, down at Cogra. Um, so, for us to get 1,700-odd that day, well, it's, it's okay. And we had quite a few pull out as well. We had members claim tickets but not actually come. So, we could have broken, you know, uh, 2,400, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Mario. 
<laughs> Scared, mate. <laughs> uh, no, that's fair enough. You don't want the Rona. Clean sheet, boys. That was pleasant. Very pleasant. Other parts of the game were pleasant. It wasn't pleasant um, uh, not getting over those guys, but it was pleasant not to be scored upon by them. It was pleasant to see that it, everything didn't go the way of some of our former players who now are up there. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so in the end, another, you know, tight result, a um, bit more resilience shown and a few more, you know, um, paces forward made. So felt positive about that as well. Do you think we sort of got away with one with that one, though? I think they probably should have scored. I wouldn't say we were lucky, but I think we defended well in patches, but I thought there were times where Newcastle were well on top and looked like they were going to score. But credit credit to the boys. Uh, they held out and we got a got a point on the board and, yeah. There's a bit of truth in that, but I do, I do feel like our, um, our performance in that defensive area has been better. So, so yeah, generally a uh, bit tighter looking. Not great. Credit to the boys indeed. Our game after that short turnaround uh, was a game against Western Sydney Wanderers. One all draw at home once again. A few little interesting moments out of this one. Of course, Bozza, we know, is the expert um, <laughs> in this, uh, whereas Speedy is just a commentator. Um, that, of course, all stemmed from a penalty, no penalty debate against Sam Silvera, um, where he, well, I thought he was shoved in the back. What did uh, you guys make of that? Yeah, Ben. But I'm a Mariner supporter, so... Mm. VAR reckons that's a pen for sure. I think VAR would have given that. Yeah, he puts his arm on his back and he mm. moves forward towards the player. I reckon that would have been enough for the but VAR. But then Perth, was it Perth that got a penalty um, in the game that they got, mm-hmm. they got smashed by Adelaide, which was a very similar situation, and they got the decision go their way. So mm. I guess all we want is some consistency, and I thought that was a pretty similar challenge that went another way, so... And how Duke swings didn't get sent off, I don't know. Well, that's a that's another thing. Would VAR retrospectively give that a red card? For Maybe the not a straight Duke? red for that, but I there was so. other incidents where he should have picked up a yellow mm, before mm, that. Mm. But VAR can't issue a yellow card. They can only go and issue a straight red, I think. No, but I'll just say the ref was shit and didn't give a yellow for something <laughs> yeah. else. He was, yeah. I think uh, he definitely should have had a few things to answer for in that game. He was horrendous. Was that Beath? That was Beath. No, right? that was uh, Ben Abrahams. Oh, it was Beath the previous one. It was oh. high and reckless. That's... The VAR is likely. Well, that's what I thought. If mm. I did that in Sunday League, I would have got eight weeks. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and a punch in the mouth. <laughs> but, well, that's, that's, that's the other thing, reputation. You know, if someone like Matt Simon goes in for a challenge like that, yeah. you see him suspended for four weeks straight oh, away. Yeah. No question. Yeah. Georgievsky, I don't know how oh, he doesn't he gets get away with so more much. often. He gets away with murder. Absolute murder. He's Not like, on Twitter. Oh. <laughs> saw him kill a guy in goals and he stayed on. He literally killed the Put guy. Out he, a used gun. A, he used a trident, actually. Yeah. I think it was. If he played for us, if he played for us, he'd get five reds a season. And I just, he gets away with murder. Yeah, like you said, but he gets away with murder out there for some unknown reason. Everywhere he's been the same. He was mm. the same with the Jets. Same. Yep. Uh, he played for victory, didn't he? Yep. Yep. Never cards. Yep. Anyway. Yep. Yeah. So and the win. Yeah, of course, the uh, the big one coming out of the last 48 hours. Melbourne Victory v Central Coast Mariners at Jubilee Stadium. A 3-2 win to the good guys. Dylan Ruiz-Diaz at the double. Uh, Dylan Fox as well scoring uh, from a bit of a scramble. Fox in the box there. Guys, always great to see us get the uh, the bickies. Fox's first goal in 50 A-League game. So what a time good to score on him to, to break that duck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was also a double nutmeg. <laughs> it was a double nutmeg. <laughs> Things oh, you love to see. Speedy going on about tunnel ball. The tunnel Shut ball, the tunnel ball champion. 
Well, you know, he's not an, he's not the expert. He's not the Jimmy's expert, Jimmy. That. Maybe he's a tunnel ball expert. Who knows? Well, possibly. He could be. Yeah. Um, and uh, Lewis Corey uh, getting a debut there as well, coming on in the 94th minute. I don't think he had anything oh. to do. I think full time was pretty much like... I'm not sure he actually touched the ball, on. but hey, he got his debut. Yeah. So that's more than any of us in this room can say about ourselves. I think we all agree here. Nizzy was probably man of the match again. I thought he was excellent. Yeah, so the fans have voted Dylan Ruiz-Diaz as man of the match. Um, of course, as we said, he scored two goals. Um, look, on the whole, his performance was okay, but Niz definitely controlled the middle of the park, as he does, and he's just a, a beautiful footballer. How watch. good was that move where he, he shielded the ball? He's, he's what, 5-3 five, five, or whatever against a, a six-foot player. <laughs> against a six-foot player, he uses his body, controls it, and then beats two of them to get us into an attacking position. That's We've just awesome. seen him do that so often throughout the years of playing NPL and um, and now in the A-League as well. So um, We forgive Beeros, don't we, for the... The venture. Ah, look, he just yeah, he wanted to go He's on an bored. adventure. Yeah. Last game of the season. <laughs> that was his Gave first real like stuff up of the season. So you can now that we won. And then he sort of got lucky where he almost handballed outside the box, but he got away with that one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't want VAR back, is what we're saying. <laughs> you can't have it both ways though, guys. So, you know, that's that's a question, I guess, for maybe later in the pod. Right, I've got to love you and leave you. Please be uh I, I was looking forward to asking uh Sean my questions. But you're going to have to do it. I was looking forward to that. I'm sad. Anyway. All right. See you. See you, Jimmy. Ciao. Love you. I miss you already. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was very happy for Dylan. I, I will admit I wasn't sure if he was ready to make uh, the step up to more and more game time. Um, but I think he showed with those two finishes, a couple of the runs that he made, that he's got it in him. Um because you know what, what we saw in what we saw in MPL, um, you know he didn't really stand out too much in some games that we saw. Whereas watching Nisbet in the MPL, he pretty much stood out every single game. Mm. Um, but yeah, very happy to uh, eat humble pie there, and really happy for Dylan and came for him to get some more game time. Yeah, great, great to see him get on the score sheet. Like you say, it was consistency. I think was the biggest thing for him in the MPL, and if he can find that at A League level, um, then we've got a very promising youngster on our hands. Mm. Absolutely. And Niz, it wasn't just, uh, you know, flash in the pan. His, his form since in the post-COVID era oh, yeah. has been fantastic every time he's been 100%. near it, um, which is fantastic. How did Melling start a, over him? Well, That's what I want to know. I guess yeah, these are the questions that you wonder about. Yeah. So I think, you know, he's, he's probably – Stadge is giving him a bit of a last chance saloon there to play for a contract. Um, obviously, he's off contract at the end of the season, which is, well, now for us. So, you know – you want to give everyone the the opportunity to put their best foot forward, um, and well, the, yeah. I wonder what Stage saw during COVID that he didn't see pre-COVID. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, I feel like I feel like a lot of us have made the decision pre-COVID that he yep. probably wasn't up to it. Yeah. So yep. I wonder what he saw during COVID. Yeah, we don't know. Was he training you know, the house down yeah, or, exactly. or or what have you? So yeah, what happens behind closed doors is you know, not privy to us sometimes. It was the same sort of situation with Fox as well because he didn't play for so long and now post-COVID he comes in and plays pretty well. Again, playing for a contract as well. Um, Rolls and, and Fox is probably our best defensive partnership in centre-back. I mean, you could make the case for Ziggy being there as well. Um, yep. But I thought Fox was fantastic. Fantastic Mr. Fox uh, over the last four games. So fair play to him. How do we sum up these last three games though? How do we like, how do you wrap that up as a... Post COVID mini season well, type 
performance in a I couple of I thought it sentences. felt great. And the reason I thought it felt great, I don't want to be conditioned to low expectations, but what I thought might happen was that we might come back and be playing for nothing and be humiliated. Mm-hmm. And that didn't really happen. We were we played with the right spirit. We we made it feel like even though it's been another spoon that they genuinely played for the shirt in these mm. four games. And that right at this point of low was enough, mm. you know? Yeah, I think there was there was nothing that stood out for me in the games that I thought, oh, that's gone really well. We're playing some nice football. There was nothing like that. I think in the Jets game especially, they've moved us from side to side like like we just could not keep up with the way that they were playing out from the back and it was oh, pretty yeah. evident and very goddamn frustrating to watch. They played but, out so easily every yeah. time and we I remember we were all standing in the bay we were getting so frustrated because they so could annoyed. play out every single time. So annoyed. But I think there's some individual highlights like the Nisbet, like the Diaz, like the Foxes. Um, and, yeah, we've we've the game that we, we lost was by one goal. We haven't been completely embarrassed. So that's in this dark time of a COVID world and, was it, four spoons in five seasons? Yep, I lose numbers now. <laughs> I lose track now. Um, I think we we need to look for little positives. Didn't we say last pod that if we got one win out of these last four games, we would have been content? So we we did that, and we got two draws as well. I so. think yeah. Well, from the previous four or from the most recent four games, we've hired we. Oh my god, <laughs> who have we hired? <laughs> From the most recent four games, we've ended with a better points per game ratio than we had for the rest of the season. So Positives, yeah. positives, positives. Little positives. victories, little victories. Yeah, and it helps with the motivation of fans who, you know, are on the edge. Every year we push more and more of them away with our excellent performances. <laughs> and so we leave them with not such a sour taste in their mouth and mm. uh, with the possibility of them thinking, well, you know what, there's some young players with potential who are coming through there and the, the coach did seem to learn and make us more resilient, etc. you know. So. There's that word again, potential, was. Oh. <laughs> Speaking like, of Mr. Potential, yeah, Mario Chabert, I think he's just signed Blacktown to Blacktown City. City. Yeah, there I, you go. I may have gone okay with victory, but I did get burned on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're only two points, two points in front, and they, well, but they've still got a few games to go. So if they lose their last few games, then we only finish two points behind. I probably should be backing or hoping for a salary cap breach or something and a loss of three <laughs> points. If, the, if if they're breaking the cap in the season that they've had, that's a double humiliation. I always oh. said that if uh, a player tests positive from one of the other clubs... They should have they to forfeit should all their points. Automatically finish down the bottom yep. and then we don't get the spoon. Yep. Okay. So you're saying Adelaide should have finished bottom when that player tested positive for um, well, he, a drug? He tested positive for cocaine. For, for so a yes. drug. <laughs> I couldn't remember which one. I remember my first A drug. <laughs> Hello, sir. Would you like to buy a drug? I couldn't remember which one. That's why I just said a drug. <laughs> All right. Other Central Coast Mariners things. Uh, Milan Juric announced on his social media pages that after the um, after the Western Sydney Wanderers game that he is leaving the club. Of course, the club's golden boot winner this season, Milan Juric, with five goals to his name. How do we feel about that? Oh, he's not going to collect his award at the medal dinner. Damn. <laughs> well, he's on a plane right now, isn't he? Back to Serbia. No mucking around. I think it was either today or Friday that he flies out. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm. if you had have asked me this 10 games into the season, I would have been pretty annoyed. 
but right now, based on pre-COVID performances, a couple of injuries, uh, and even post-COVID performances, really, with the exception probably being the other night against Melbourne, um, I'm not too upset. I think we, we can we can do yeah, me too. I'm we can Aaron. do potentially better. We can do potentially better. Can't disagree with that last bit, but in our side, he has been a sh- bit of a shining light when he's been in form, and that that um, shot absolutely lethal. And uh, in this, I too watched the wave of you know four or five great games at the start of the season, some great finishing. I was on board that Jewish train, baby. Yeah, I was. On <laughs> I was. I was, well. I was, I was driving it. Yeah. He was my Serbian yeah. king for like yeah. six games there. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. I think, yeah. toot toot. but I think one or two couplings fell out of the cars, and uh, we left a few cabooses behind or something. That's what happens the, when you let me drive a in train the, <laughs> in the middle of the season. So. And uh, so then it got, you know, the, uh, is it, was he too old and all that talk. And so I was thinking when he came back that we probably wouldn't use him too much and he probably would look unfeared and that stuff. But I actually thought he looked pretty good in these games. He didn't get much of a go in the first one, if I remember, mm. and then uh, got better as those went went on and did show those bits of quality. Was it so, the injury that sort of derailed his season a little bit, do you Oh, think? there's a train pun. Oh, derailed. <laughs> hey. You didn't even mean that, did you? Unintentional train puns, Josh Howe. <laughs> no, I actually didn't get mean out. that. <laughs> Yeah. I think it was though. I, I, I think the, the game after he came back from the hernia, I think the, the word was he was still under a bit of a cloud. And Battling. I, I think yep. he started mm. and he, he just struggled the entire game. I and, think yeah, yeah. from from where I was watching um, in those home games, his movement, he didn't seem anywhere near as mobile as, as he was when we started the season. Um, he looked like he was, I don't want to say lumbering, but lumbering um, a little yeah. bit. So, you know, if... You can't afford to use a visa spot on someone who's not 100% fit. And let's face it, he's on the wrong side of 30 now. You can't and a hernia guarantee. is a weird one. A hernia is, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but hernias can come back if they're not treated right. Treated properly, yeah. All that sort of stuff. And it's, it's we've we've been stuck with those sorts of things in the past with players that have had yep. injury clouds and we've not done our research and all that <laughs> sort of stuff. So this one could have been one that just happened, obviously, during the season, sort of unavoidable. But if we have to cut our losses now mm. and not, you know, come the side of next season, he's injured after a couple of games again, then I'm okay with it. Use the visa spot to find someone who is 100% fit um, or, you know, use it to blood another exciting youngster. And preferably the right side of 30, someone that we can keep for three or four years so and we're not yeah, doing this exactly. whole midfield yeah. rotation thing every single goddamn season. Mm-hmm. And if we can Agreed. find someone that we can get in the midfield that can support Nisbet, we're, at the, we're starting to build a good base there in the midfield, I think. Well, Stadge has still got two more years on his contract, so he's obviously going to look for someone who he can build the side around um, in, in conjunction with the youth that he's promoting at the moment. So you've got to look for the long term there. Here's a curveball for you that I just thought of. Should we go back in for Tommy Hiardie? Well, he's off contracts once more. Um, Rumours abound that he is uh, speaking to MacArthur. Um, I am not sure whether that's the case or not. He apparently followed them on Instagram. Oh, shit. It's all over. <laughs> so that's as that's good as done. Tell. That's basically signing the contract. Well, Turn I've still up. got my that's, head. No, no, I don't accept that because he followed me on Insta. So he's not signing. Oh, he's joining Gosford over he's, 40 he's not signing. He's not signing with the Gunners. I can tell you that. <laughs> he's just a nice guy. He needs a few years with uh, Gossie All-Age 2 first and then, and then he can make the step up to the Gunners. 
Back yeah. on back on before we jump off Milan, I am going to miss those cracking shots. Oh, yeah. And and I would have to say, tell me I'm wrong, but is his the best crossfield raking ball since Patrick's fans vote? You're Pretty wrong. Close. Woof. You're wrong. Mm, Just because you asked me to tell you that you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Good Got him. Got him. Um, yeah. No, he he was a lovely striker of the ball, wasn't he? And um, he was doing it in this game as well. There was a crossfield mm, ball, and when he made the ball, I thought to myself, don't do that. And then it went straight in the chest of the bloke mm. he was intending it to go to. I was so like, yeah. okay, you can do that. It's fifty yard. Hollywood passes exactly. definitely, yeah. You'll miss them, yeah, hundred percent. But um, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure the club will find an able replacement. Just like you said, when uh, when Tommy Hirario left, and we were blowing up Deluxe um, and a petition. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Oh, petitions. Yeah, they'll get. Don't get peace out on petitions today, please. Um, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, you know. Out with Tom and in came Milan, and we all saw what happened there. You know, Milan's going now, so I'm sure there's someone waiting in the wings ready to um, to take that spot with both hands. An attacking midfielder, please, for the love of God. And uh, Abraham Majok opened up uh, in an article over the last couple of weeks about a uh, apparently a very difficult time that he endured uh, here at the club before he left. Um, some of the quotes were along the lines of that um, there were things going on in the background that he didn't agree with um, and he struggled to... Um, I just didn't care well. enough, to be honest. Mm. He was just like a flush in the pan. Uh, just look, didn't really care that much. We were filling in some spots there, hoping that we could turn a player who hadn't performed previous in previous clubs at the A-League level anyway, because he was a, a golden boot, I think, in the youth at some point. Mm. Um, and it, he couldn't do it here. No. So, yeah. um, I mean, football's I'd, a tough game. I mean, it's, it's not just in the pro game. I cop a lot of banter every Saturday. <laughs> it's <laughs> so, a huge you know, step up, like regardless yeah. of whether oh, he was yeah. golden boot in the MPL or not. It's a huge, huge is, step up exactly. from MPL. To um to A leg and I never really saw him as anything more. more so many more players than, have found that out. More than a squad filler here, um, to be honest. Agree. Um, and at the end of the day, he wasn't even a squad filler really because he wasn't making the squads, which was a real disappointment. Because when we don't have the best, you know, eleven of the A leg this year, then we want all of those players to be available and performing at the best that they can. But I I, I never I don't know that we saw anything that should make us think it was a bad idea for him to move on. No, yeah, I think um, I think it was a, the right idea for both parties for him to move on, um, and he's been picked up by a club over in Cyprus. Uh, I think it might be the second division over there. So, look, good luck to him. Um, but in football, I hate those kind of articles because in football, mm. things happen and they are political, and mm. it's not personal. Yeah, exactly right. It sounds like he's taken something that's happened personally or the fact yeah. that he wasn't getting picked Have personally. we had a coach yeah. at all here who hasn't had a reputation at certain at a time during their time here? for crapping on a player mm. or a player and his manager. I can't think of a single coach we've ever had who hasn't been accused of that. Mm. And I think we, we sort of said this like around Christmas time on here that like a lot of the times because of what we do and where we are and who we can speak to and all, all that sort of stuff, sometimes we hear things, sometimes we hear things from other people about what's sort of been happening and we've 100% heard that in the past with your Ocons and your Mulvies and all that sort of stuff. I'm still yet to hear anything really drastic that's happened in the squad or in the change room with Stagic here that's been bad. Yeah, there's so a few. for those comments to come from a player that's on the outer was, to me, pretty obvious not going to be kept. Um, you know, I, I, I genuinely hope it wasn't anything too serious, but it is a bit of a, it, I don't know, it does seem a little bit sour grapes yes. in a way. Um, but like I said, I hope it's not anything that he's genuinely been sort of like offended by. 
But um, how else do you? How, how else though? Like he, he he's out in the media and presenting that there's some. What is it he wants? Uh, yeah, what, and there's what, no. The point? There was what? nothing else really attached to it. It was really substantial, that. and it was just a bit. I don't know, but. He's gone. We move on. That's the way I see it. It's that similar one. to yeah. the way that I think of um, not criticizing players. I try not to criticize players because I don't know whether they're injured, carrying a niggle, fallen out with their wife, fallen out with their coach, their manager, their teammates, any of those things. We can't know all of the things that impact on that. So best to just sort of keep those things on the quiet. But anyway, each to their own. We move on, and so does he. And Sean's here. Hey Sean? guys, how are we doing? All right, good, mate. How are you? Good. How's, how's the last twenty-four hours or forty-eight hours been for um for yourself and the club? Yeah, just another day. Just your sort of stuff. No. Well, we got we got three points. And three yeah, points. How good? Yes. yes. Dod brace the aftermath. Yeah. Oh, gotta <laughs> oh, love that. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, some big news coming out. We're sort of did that come out a bit earlier than you thought it might have? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I sort of had a um, a bit of a heads up that we were sort of you know, that was going to happen uh, just prior to the match, and didn't expect it to happen straight after the match. You know, through from Mike, but um, but it was probably on the cards for a while, and. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, definitely moved very, very fast, and um, and the process has has been in play, and it's been a very, very busy time for me ever since. Yeah, so there's been lots of phone calls and lots of media, and and plenty of you know people coming out of the woodworks from everywhere to find more information. So it's going to be a pretty hectic time for a little while yet. So what's what's changed since the last time we spoke? So I think it was about three or four weeks ago when we spoke, and you seemed pretty confident and pretty positive about the future with Mike, and he was sort of willing to reinvest post-COVID, what's been sort of the top three sort of things that have maybe changed that? Yeah, definitely. And and it, and it has been that sort of a roller coaster of up and down. Uh, there was a period through COVID, I thought it, uh, you know, things were very, very bleak uh, for us. And um, and when Mike, you know, came through and um, uh, was very committed to the club was, was really positive. And also at the time we had um, – uh, we, we had a lot of confidence that the proposal was going to, you know, for the stadium was going to get to the council floor. So, so we'd, we'd, um, received notification. It had moved to a next stage and, um, and we're feeling very confident that at least this is going to get some airtime and, and be seen by the council staff. So there was a bit of, uh, positivity, uh, around Mike, around the long term strategy for the club and where it was headed. And so, yeah, it was only a couple of weeks ago that, um, that we're notified that, uh, that we're unsuccessful in the proposal and, um, and uh, had since, you know, sort of had one or two meetings with, with council, but nothing had, had eventuated at all. So, so yeah, there, there's that part that had really sort of um, yeah, got Mike to the position when he's looking at the club, he's looking at the strategy, that's now not going to happen. What does the club need to do to move forward? Well, it needs to win football games and it needs to have, you know, more investment into the roster and that's not, not something that he's uh, in a capacity to, to hold with his other businesses around the world. So so then the best way forward for the club is, is for him to put it up for sale. So there's some press today uh, where you've been quoted a fair bit about the kind of proposal that there was and it mentions in there that there was something about a lack of uniqueness. Um, and so what do you think the contributing factors were to that not going our direction? 
Yeah, so the criteria that we'd been battling and for the last six months have been quite difficult because I haven't been able to really speak about it. We've been in confidentiality and we're going through a process and really trying our best to really honour the process. And there's a threshold for an unsolicited proposal, which is a proposal around something that, that isn't out to tender um, you know, and isn't on the council's radar. And it says about uniqueness that for an unsolicited proposal to be considered is you must be the only one who can put that type of proposal forward. So you can't just be... You know, just just something that offering something that anyone else can do. So whilst we were confident in regards to us being pretty unique as being the only anchor tenant, and us being unique that we are the only ones that can truly bring all the different aspects together um, in in, um, in in what events we can bring, our contacts throughout the region, and bringing the community along for the ride. You know, for for that. Um, um, I'm not sure who, how, or why, but that that was deemed not unique enough to pass it. And I suppose, you know, in in one aspect, I I feel that you know you could have Richard Branson coming off a you know uh, two hundred million dollars upgrade for the stadium, and it wouldn't be unique enough because they could get Elon Musk. And you know, so so that decision, and that's probably my main point to the councillors and to the elected officials that is out there. That decision hasn't been made as to what threshold that is. Now, whether it's the right decision, the wrong decision, I'm all okay to to, to play the the decision of the ref or the video ref, which rarely goes our way. But you know, but in this instance, you know, our elected officials didn't have the chance to make that decision on what is the level of uniqueness that our council would go by, and so that. That that has, and, and this is the first time that the council's had an unsolicited proposal. So there's not a pre precedent. This is now the precedent for them to decide on, and that hasn't been explained to us as to why we didn't pass that. We've just been told we didn't pass. I can't that like that genuinely blows my mind. Yeah. It breaks my heart. This is my council. I can't even like mm. these people are responsible for my community. What else? What I else are they? To what else are they expecting to come along that's going to be more unique than the only professional sporting team in, in the, the region, region to be able to? Manage the stadium that's basically a sleeping giant for six months of the year. Yeah. Is there another um, sporting group that is can bring a, in millions of dollars? Is there another professional the sport that we're not really aware of that hangs around here? Or like what? I, I cannot wrap my head around that. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, you know, um, so maybe venues New South Wales who have indicated to us that they'd have no interest in it, but there could be another stadium provider who's put their hand up. But our point is, is that another stadium provider is only going to come in and look to fund the stadium from the Mariners and charge us more money, and that's going to send us in the opposite direction. So the chances of, of us staying there at the stadium under another provider that sits in the middle is is, is highly unlikely. So so even if, if those scenarios had happened, then let us know that you're going to go to tender and, and we'll, we'll put it up like, like we're happy to go through a tender process you know, and have a look at some of those things that's there. Um, but fundamentally, what has been you know, here from day dot with the stadium is the council has never had a strong sta strategy around the stadium. They've never had a strong direction on the stadium. And every time we push and we say, you should be doing this, we can do this for you if you're not going to do it, they say, thanks, piss off, go over in the corner, we'll do it ourselves. And time and time again, they've copied every idea and everything that we put into the stadium. And it's nothing about the council uh, stadium staff. It's, not, it's, it's at a different level for them. And, uh, and many of those staff that have made those decisions are no longer in council, but within the processes at the moment, it's really, really difficult to cop, you know, that we know that some of the ideas in this proposal have been adopted by council and will be implemented at our stadium. So at one stage you go, all right, you know what, at least there's going to be progress, but come on, like, like at some stage you've got to look after your local club. The only club. The only club. The exactly. only real tenant. <laughs> yeah.
Yeah, so so it's tough to cop, but you know we pick ourselves up, and and that's really where Mike's looked at it and going, okay, the only way that this club can survive now is by winning games and packing stadiums, and um, and you know what. <laughs> Cool, <laughs> you know. So, so let's I mean, that sounds let's, good. Let's get there, you know. Like, <laughs> like you know. So, but that that is, uh, as I said before, it's a daunting prospect. Um, you know, if we, um, you know, if if we can't find the right investor to to deliver that. So I'm not sure how, how public it, knowledge it is uh, that how that um, text gets out there into the media. Um, but have you had any? Res- we'll remove this if we need to. Have we had any responses <laughs> to? Uh, the emails that you sent to uh, uh, politicians yeah. with the proposal Look, details? What, I, I, what do I, they I, think? Is it unique? I, I literally, I, I walked in here, as you sort of saw, I was, I was, my head was still a little bit spinning. I only found out out a half an hour ago because I've been uh, in lockdown meetings all day. So I've only just found out that it sort of got out the way that it has. Um, and um, and I, I never intended uh, for those words to be directly into the paper. So somehow uh, it has gone from, yeah, from some of our elected officials who have received my email and, and circulated that around and yeah it is what it is I wasn't holding back so it's nothing you know n- nothing in there that's uh, um, that, that, that I want to step back from I'm actually yeah would hate hate for him to have seen the earlier versions that I edited that I didn't hit the send button on <laughs> <laughs> so, but, um, but you know what we've 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 got to stand up for our joint and um, and we've got to get going so yeah so I know we're kind of speaking in hypotheticals a bit here but do you think that if that proposal had have hit the council floor, that we would have had a good chance of getting the rights. Um, I don't know, but I know that we would have at least had, you know, the the airtime to flag that this is important for our club. And so, if it goes somewhere else or something else happens, there needs to be change that supports the club because the biggest challenge we've got for our club, for you know, in the business model of it, is as it's not financially rewarding for us to win football games and it sounds bizarre but the numbers don't stack up the just ticket revenue and membership revenue is not enough you know to to support the club and the millions that it needs to be pumped in so there needs to be a business structure and model that when we win games that you know that that it, that it drives the incentive for whoever owns the club to keep doing it and keep going and um and we don't have that, so I think it would have at least triggered the awareness across the community that that you know where we play is really integral and uh, into commercialising that, uh, because unfortunately the yeah you know, the costs keep going up and um, and and it's not something that's driving anywhere near the the type of revenues that need to come into the club for us to to generally grow. So I would like to think that it's it's still the best option and the best offer. You know, been working on it for four years and and I know that we can deliver on it. It was a uh, I went to Los Angeles and spent a lot, a lot of time with LAFC, and this is exactly, you know, one of the things that we really had a good look at and spent time as to how they do their stadium uh, management. They do this really cool thing, right? So, they um, when they built the stadium and LAFC got up and running, and they're a real community engaged club. I, I love them, even though they got big and bling and they're in a massive city. But they um, they went to Iron Maiden. And so Iron Maiden, who were playing where the Lakers play in the indoor, would every year do two nights a week, uh, two two nights a year, do a big concert that's there. They just went to them and said, you know what, fellas, we can make the same amount of money, have the same crowd for one night. So you do one show, but you've got a bigger crowd, you make the same amount of money, and we'll take you out in the grog the next day. 
They're like, yeah, sweet, we'll do that. So then the next day, what they did is the day after the concert, they put on an LAFC match, a big one, brought Iron Maiden down, brought a whole heap of Iron Maiden fans into it. And to this day, there is a heap of Iron Maiden fans in the football crowd cheering on LAFC, you know, so you've got all the big Latino community and then you've got these hardcore rockers (laughs) because the guys from Iron Maiden actually support the club. That's how you do it. You know, you have a couple really big ones and you bring the whole community along and you get them all to buy into it and uh, and go for it. So so I'm going to be passionate about it, of course, you know, spend a lot of time and and, uh, and drive into it. But, you know, it's a, it's a bubble that's burst and um, and uh, and we move forward. Sounds like we need to get something with numbers or Angela's dish or something to play the stadium for us. <laughs> we need Lionel Richie back. Um, so Huge what, Mariners fan, I hear. Yeah, same. What does this off-season look like for you now? Because I know last time we spoke, you said you are looking forward to a break. Yeah. Uh, what are the chances of that? happening <laughs> yeah yeah i might um i might might get out in the get out in the footy field on saturday and have a kick around for a break but um no in all fairness now it's now it's uh it, it keeps going so we've we have had you know quite a lot of um inbound you know, calls and questions and ask uh around you know, what is the process so first and foremost we need to structure the process to handle the inbound request to filter out the tire kickers from you know from the genuine you know the genuine ones who you really don't want to miss just because you didn't have a good process so so right now it's about structuring that making sure we've got all the details ready to to um, to circulate and um, and have a process that can really filter uh, who these are I'm, I'm blown away as to the amount of noise and the amount of um, you know, people that have come in in the last 24 hours and the thing that excites me the most is the amount of times the phone's rung, the amount of time the emails come and said, if there is a community-based uh, um, ownership model, I'm in, how much do you want for it? And uh, and they're not from Coasey's either. They're just the genuine football community around Australia has said, if you do that, I'm a supporter, I'm in. And that's so exciting. You know, we, we just got to drive through a bit of this in this time to understand what that can look like. Is there a lot of locals? Is it mostly locals? Is it most? Is it some overseas? Is it sort of half and half? Is it? Yeah, look, you know, there's not too many locals in all fairness. They most of them are football consortiums or football people around the world. As know. long as it's not that guy that tried to buy Perth, the Bitcoin guy. Yeah, no. he looks good. No, it's not the Bitcoin guy, and it's not the guy. Put him on blocked, please. I'm trying to remember his name, who wanted to buy the Jets before last time that had. Um, I uh, met him as well. He actually bought an apartment here in the building for a while. Um, <sighs> he was a Jewish guy. Um, anyway, his name eludes me at the moment. But, Blocked uh, as well. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so, <no. laughs> Straight to voicemail. <laughs> but you know what? I'm sure someone will come out and take the opportunity to get their five minutes of fame and say that they're going to buy the club and they're fully full of BS. But that's, that's going to be part of the process, right? So Has anyone yeah. sort of made contact that you were a bit sort of taken aback by that sort of maybe yes. out of left field? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So anyway. Wasn't Nathan Tinkler, was it? No, 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 not at all. Not at all. So (laughs) what could possibly go wrong? So there's a lot of potential changes that uh, that might happen in the league. The salary cap potentially could change. What certainties do you think that you we can uh, deliver to a new owner? Well, I can definitely deliver them the certainty that you know we've got a really good football market here. You know we've got a really you know passionate you know fan base, and we've got a passionate region uh, that's there. And so you know the the metrics and the ups and downs of the A League will all come and go, but football's not going anywhere. 
and this region's not going anywhere. So if you're coming, come for the long term. It's not a point of coming for a two-year little hit. We do not want to see that scenario of of what happened up with the Jets with Martin Lee where there was a short-term plan, a short-term vision, and at the first hurdle, you know, things have really fallen down. So, so that's part of it. It's got to be a long-term one, which means that – you know, anyone coming in with that long-term vision, they're not going to be too worried about the broadcast now and the, you know, the salary cap and the floor because this has got to be a ten-year gig. You know, this has got to be a, be a bigger play for for a longer region, um, and um, and yeah, so so that's what the certainties um, that are there is is look at our history. When this club wins, that stadium's full, and when this club goes well, we produce players that go around the world and uh, and are household names. So, uh, what more could you want? There's a lot of conversation at the moment about, you know, what are the potential of someone like a Canberra or a, you know, or like a South Melbourne sort of approaching the club and potentially buying the license and whether they keep the name or whether they sort of remove the name or whatever. If someone approaches the club and sort of one of their first responses is, well, I'd like to move the license and move it away from the coast, is it instant thanks but no thanks or is it... Is it is it too early to give sort of a guarantee that it's a hundred percent going to stay? Because there'll be a point when Mike says I can't really keep going forward. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's a it's a it's a difficult one to answer because it's a it's going to be out of it. That's now out of our control. Uh, when I say ours, I'm talking about the club. Um, so let's let's go through that hypothetical and Canberra offer Mike twenty five million dollars. You know, something really, you know, you, you, he couldn't refuse. That's there. So. Um, what would happen at that point of time is he needs to make sure that the FFA and the other A-League owners would, would agree to such a manoeuvre. Um, so it's so it's not just the FFA as well now. It's also the owners all have to agree to it. Yeah, and it'll be about timing. So up until the 31st of December, it'll be the FFA. And then hopefully if independence is, is in when it is due to, then it, it will be you know, the collective AFCA group or the League's Co uh, group that's there. So... So then in that scenario, you know, whether that means that, um, that he cuts a deal, you know, because the other scenario is, is that, um, you know, if you look at what happened with um, New Zealand Knights and with the Wanderers, so when the Gold Coast franchise went down, it never relocated. It went down and then a new franchise was sold. So, you know, if, if there's a $25 million offer for Canberra, then, well, maybe they offer 20 to the league and they just get their own license that comes into the league and you don't have to you don't need the mariners for that you know so so that's so that there's those sort of scenarios that that sort of play out so and i think that you know this was really discussed around you know the the sort of talk around brookvale brookvale wasn't you know wasn't really possible because if 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 Brookvale and Manly didn't you know are the right region for a new A League then that's got nothing to do with the Mariners. You just set up a new one, you know, that goes there. So and I don't think that, you know, Tony Sage can't wake up tomorrow and just go, you know what, I'm moving Perth to the Gold Coast. You know, it doesn't happen. Otherwise he would have moved us to Singapore years ago. So so there are, you know, parameters in around the license that's there. But if there's a compelling, uh, irresistible move, then they're all businessmen, they'll all do business. Um, so does does the center of excellence complicate things more because it's not really just a license there's a whole property with all club logos on it and that's you know basically been a part of the club now for years and years and there's still a lot there's still a lot more to do here mm. does that make things more complicated it's an interesting one complicated is probably the right word because it it could be uh, it could be a lot better so so what is unknown is is Will Mike look to sell just the football club or will he look to sell the football club and the property? 
Um, the property's probably a little bit more cut and dry for, for Mike. He can see, you know, he knows exactly what the values are, what the potential is, you know, what the numbers are. Um, so and then but it affects the value of the license so so if and the license affects the value of the football of the of the property so 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 my belief is that they're more valuable together uh, that's there but um, but if someone's just looking to get a football club and a license and they're not really into property and, and worrying about that could easily say to Mike you keep the property you keep going I'll look after the football club and just tell me what the rent is you know to, to be on site there's that scenario could be very real so um, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. I, I'm as interested as anyone to see how exactly that will play out, you know, with the relationship between the two entities. What do you reckon about the model and uh, s- s- scenarios like that? They've got about half a million people down there around ACT or in Canberra itself. It's about the same size, maybe as the Jets market, and maybe you know, a third again on our own market. Is it really viable for them if it's not for us and it's not for that for Newcastle? We both our regional clubs have found it difficult. Is that really a legitimate direction? No uh, matter what the upfront is. Yeah, look, I, I think you know we're going to see this in Western United, and I think we're going to see it in Macarthur. I think Macarthur is is destined for a very similar pathway for us, where they've got a council-run stadium, and it won't take them long to go. Hang on. What's the property play here for us? You know, the MacArthur got the license, you know, on the back of an owner who's already walked, and so you know they do have, you know, they do have other you know, other football interests, but it's still a very similar sized region, you know, in in its aspect today. Long term, you know, it's got a lot of growth potential, but if um, if if Western United and MacArthur you know, end up being in similar situations that we are. Uh, at the moment, they've just got different you know, investors who are who are excited because they're new, but um, but yeah, it could be a real challenge to keep bringing that in. I'm pretty sure that expansion will be more about you know dropping into the bigger cities in bigger ways. You've got to have have that, I think, and um, you know a Brisbane derby, I think, could work. A Perth derby could work. A New Zealand derby could work. Um, so, but um, yeah, yeah, I, I, it's it's the the advantage for Canberra is politics. So on a national level, um, I think that that would make a lot of sense politically. That, and it, and it can easily come down to a to a patch of land, um, you know, for a developer and what might work for them. Has there ever been the conversation between the owners and the FFA or sort of everyone as one sort of a collective um, about how important regional clubs are and why they need to be in this league? Look, uh, there's there's probably been the question around are you know are they important? Yeah, you, know, you, you know that's. Uh, that's our perspective as us sitting up here, but uh, to the general Sydney sider, you know, I mean, we see it on online plenty of times. You know, why do you bother, guys? You, you, do you really need it? So, so I think if anything, it's probably the the opposite. Is is how much do we bring to the league? That's the challenge. You know, we don't bring a lot of viewers to the overall league metrics, and at the moment we ha- we're not bringing you know, big crowds. So, so to get a big commercial partner for the whole league, you know, does um, you know. Does Hyundai really care if, if, if the Mariners there or Canberra? Probably not. So um, so yeah, from from those numbers, it's 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 difficult. I mean, speaking about regional clubs, we've seen some pretty wild articles come out over the last couple of days. Is there any truth to the rumours about Mike Charlesworth proposing a uh, Mariners and Jets merger? Look, I do think it's really interesting if anyone looks at that article to look at the rest of the article and see how much it is talking about the Jets and the issues that the Jets have got. So it's kind of convenient that that the headline was was you know, massaged to make it not about the Jets, um, you know. But but what I, what I will say is that 
Yes, questions were asked and the phone had rung as if one of the franchises fell over, what does that mean for the other franchise? So so that's that's where this was positioned. So what does happen if if the Jets fall under? Or what happens if if Mike throws in the towel and, and, and this is all over for us? Does one of these brands need to look at servicing that market? Uh, the question was asked, and I th- and 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 I do see what Laurie said, and I I do buy into a lot of it that um, that you can't. There's no way that there's a Jets and Mariners merger is ever going to work, you know. But if one of them totally fell over, and there was a master brand that represented from the Central Coast through the Gulf, to, through the through the Coffs Harbour, oh, you know, I don't know. It's a big, big, long term generational play, and that team would want to be winning a lot of games to to win people over. Uh, but I think it would uh, alienate all our current fans, uh, all the Jets' current fans, regardless. So, so, but um, but was the question asked? Was was asked in that sort of a light? Like, if one of them fell over, what does that mean? So, and, and what does that mean for us as a club? Like, let's hypothetically think that, yeah, you know, okay, what if the Jets aren't in the competition next year? You know, what, what does that look like for for us? Does that do we do we never go up there? Do we ignore them and and, and do whatever? I don't know, um, but. Um, what I do know is that a strong Mariners um, it will help make a strong Jets and a strong Jets should help make a strong Mariners. The best model is that both franchises are pumping and going really, really well. Um, and so, yeah, I, I did get asked to, to yeah, um, have, a, have a bit of a look at, at, uh, at what the region is like, not Newcastle itself, but, but the northern New South Wales region and come back pretty quickly that, yeah, there's opportunities there, but that's for the Jets. Um, and if and if we get strong, and you know, there could be a chance for us to to you know do a little bit more in sort of the Hornsby sort of a market, and you know that that bit of an area. I'm not saying all the way down to North Sydney by any means, but um, but we could do more, you know, if we're if we're strong and doing well, uh, and that would make for for a better model to get community engagement, you know, with with the Jets. But um, that's sort of how it came about. So so yeah, there is a bit of truth, but it's not like it's not like there was. It ever, wasn't actually a proposal. It was just no. a. Just a question. Very hypothetical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sticking with the regional clubs theme a little bit and uh, back at Boise's question, what does the FFA think? Uh, like the man in the street in Sydney doesn't give a toss about the Mariners, um, but does does James Johnson think the future of, of the A-League should have regional teams in it? Does does the rest of the FFA board, have you ever heard anything from any of those types of places? Yeah, definitely. Well, absolutely. And, um, and that's why I got kicked out of the bubble. Is um, um, was because I was meeting with James Johnson and, and Graham Arnold on that, um, and, um, uh, and 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 I was just looking at my messages from Arnie who uh, who reached out to me directly yeah on this and um, um, and you know what's good is that our national coach you know, knows this region knows how important we are to football so when it comes to speaking to FFA board or it comes to speaking to to James Johnson and these questions come up. Uh, we do know that we've got a, a, a real advocate for our club in uh, in the national coaching, Graham Arnold, who believes in this region, has always been yeah, passionate about it, and um, and will go on record and fight for us very, very vehemently. Uh, you sort of mentioned it before about the community ownership interest. Um, I think we've actually spoken about it this year at some point, but I, I assume that interest is from sort of small to medium sized businesses or business people. What does that look like from a fan perspective what does it look like from a fan perspective I, I think yeah we need to find a way to come together you know so so there needs to be a way that um, um, that um, um, everyone who's interested at whatever level can come together now, now yeah that could be as an example a licensed premises 
you know, so so there could be a club somewhere that you know we say to anyone who's interested, go and there's a member membership that goes in, and that membership yeah you know, becomes the entity as such, and then the charter of that entity can then look to purchase shares at the club or yeah you know, or, or support the club in in whichever capacity that it is. But it's about forming an entity that is owned, operated, and driven by the members and by the community. Um, that's uh, no different to any local football club. Yeah, you will need to have a you know, president, a treasurer, and a structure, and go through the politic and have insurance and do all those bits and pieces. But I think that there's a there's a good chance that if if the club can allow that to come in, uh, if the if the club can say, all right, well, this is this is what it'll take to to come in and have a piece of the piece of the pie, um, then then yeah, you just got to keep driving through that. So um, there's a there's a long way to go, and I've got I've literally had three. You know, genuine, um, you know, uh, top level sort of consultants who who want to show us the way in that, who, who want to spend some time pro bono, and uh, and help us unlock uh, that potential. And and I think it's great. You know, whether it's whether it ends up being yeah point zero 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 one percent of a club, why not why not start it? You know, and and that's and, and get more it than anyone else in the league, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. yeah. <laughs> Let me in. <laughs> That's all I've got to say to that. Yeah, I'll chuck some money in. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to become skint over it, but um, this club means a lot to me and it means a lot to this region and I just am gobsmacked that it doesn't mean enough to this region in the places where it seems to count mm. for them to be properly supportive and that has peeved me off mm. for many years now and continues to. So, yeah, count me in and, and I, I was – I, I guess what we're looking for is some practical way that we can link in with that. Um, we might have to chuck aside some, you know, fan politics that's been there over the years to get that to happen. But if, but like you, I've seen lots of people who are putting their hand up. Um, but it'd be good if we could figure out how to channel that. Yeah. Um, we sort of need some champion for that um, outside the club. Um, mm. And I'm not sure where it fits. But I'm yeah. looking at him. If hey, fuel I'd me. If you. if anyone can tell me how to get that off the ground, if anyone can tell me how to make that happen, if anyone can take my assistance to help them make it happen, mm. then let's do that. To, to it doesn't have to be owning the football club. Club just having a part in the football club that means we're all bought into it. That's the thing. I mean, it just then you get some uniqueness. I, I want a sticker on my seat that says Morrow. Um, and I want my seat to be my seat. I, I want to be a part of it, and lots of people are showing that now. How do we fuel it and channel it? So hmm. anyone out there who's listening to this, call me up. <laughs> <laughs> Slide on into those DMs. Exactly. <laughs> um, some of our fans are curious regarding whether the situation or the situation at the club um, around whether certain players are going or staying and player retention. Um, any clarity that you can provide us with around that at the moment? Yeah, well, that's where I've been in um, in meetings all day. So, um, so with the football department, uh, you know, we had a barbecue with the players today, and um, you know, and, and got to uh, got to say farewell to, to some of those that, that are leaving. Um, there are still plenty of players that we need to speak to and talk about their futures. Um, yeah, which is which is undecided. Uh, in many aspects, and there are players that um, that have signed that we do need to make announcements on. Uh, but the, the sort of core part of today's meeting was all right. Let's get on with business as usual. 
the um, you know the ownership model shouldn't stop the business from ticking over. You know, we still got a budget. We still got to got to drive forward with the roster. So we'll keep going forward as business as usual. So so expect to see player signings. Expect to see player departures, um, and expect to see the club you know move forward. Uh, probably won't be any big massive marquees, um, you know, for this p- point of time. But um, but there's plenty of time between now and the rest of the season kicks off. I was really looking forward to hearing about Mark Key re-signing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fun times! So I mean, just just on that. So um, so just to confirm, Mike is going to keep sort of funding the club in the meantime. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's no dramas in that, and it's in Mike's best interest. There's no point in um, in Mike building up a whole heap of debt that's only got to come off a potential sale when it happens anyway. So, mm. so it's um, so so it is business as usual for the moment. Anything else you wanted to touch on? Um, no, like again, just want to do a general shout out and thanks to everyone for um, for their support through the season. It was really good today. Um, you know, seeing the seeing the boys here, and and whilst it's always a, a unique day as they sort of you know get together, and, and it's the last time that some of them will see each other for a while, um, the the spirit in the in the in the team was was really good, and it was real credit. And I saw Alan, you know, really pay particular mention to the mentality of the boys coming back from COVID, and you know, and and when they really had essentially nothing to play for, uh, they were extremely professional, and um, and was really good. And and for me, this is. Stands out really strong. This is different than the last four four years. The last four years, we've got to this part of the year, and we've been thumped on a on a nothing game. And you're going, Jesus, these guys are really just giving up on playing on the club, and that's there, and regardless of whatever the situation is, and um, and it's just. You know, it's just very, very different that there's something uh, here that that Alan can really build on. Uh, there's a there's a good mentality that's there, and it's a credit to those that are staying, coming, going, or indifferent. That our group uh, that was here, you know, should hold their heads held up really high as to, as to how they um, how they finish off the season because that'll spring into next season really well for us. Yeah. Among the fans as well, we finished off with something that didn't have us spending an off season thinking about how fragile and humiliating mm. that was. Yeah. Instead, we were tough. We looked like we'd improved. We looked like we were playing for the shirt. I was proud to end the season that way. And some exciting youngsters coming through as well at the start of the season. Yeah, our DNA seemed to be on display. Yeah, definitely I can feel that. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it was good. It was good. And I suppose um, just a quick little update. So... We, um, because of COVID, we, we haven't been able to figure out what our Mariners medal night, you know, will look like, uh, that's there. So it's probably going to be a pre-season, uh, big shebang that we'll, we'll look to do there. Uh, but at some stage I'll speak with the, uh, with the players and the group about, you know, we do have awards to give out. We do need to, to make announcements on, on those award winners. Um, we're not sure what that's going to look like, but, um, but it will be, um, Quite low key for the moment, but next season we'll kick it off with a big bang. Can I raise an idea on record? Yes. Do it on the pod. Do it on the pod. What an idea. (laughs) The Coast Football Ramble podcast medal night. Yes. It's a gala event. Medal evening. Medal evening. We can have have the winners on via Skype or in person, socially distanced. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, my God. Goodness, yep. Yeah. We're rolling with this after the game. Phone interview the with um, with um, the Golden Boot winner. <laughs> <laughs> Just putting it out there. Uh, no, that sounds great. Yeah, we'll work on this. We'll workshop it. See you in the office tomorrow, Sean. Yep. All right, good stuff. <laughs> All right. Cheers. Thanks very much. See you guys. Love you too. Love you. <laughs> Thank you.
So as we sit here discussing, uh, well, what's next for the future of the club while Murrow tries to text Mike Charlesworth. <laughs> That'll be forty-seven dollars for Jokes. that message to go from here to somewhere in Leeds. I don't know. I'm not sending it to London. one of his one of his registered phone lines. <laughs> <laughs> A um, couple of other things to touch on. Um, well, here's an interesting one. What, uh, Which player do you guys feel uh, earns your player of the season? Should we do a 3-2-1? Because I've got my 3-2-1. I've got... Or should we perhaps actually leave this for uh, for the next podcast um, in the next couple of weeks and maybe get the punters to put their votes in for 3-2-1s as well? Mm. Yeah. And then we can... Put uh, it up on social media. Yeah, we can do a bit of a wrap around that way. I like that. Good idea. My gut feel off the top of my head is just... Nisbet, yeah, Nizzy's, yeah, because of breakthrough, etc. Nisbet or Ziggy would be would that's be my, my two of my three. <laughs> <laughs> Beerus probably gets a mention. Yeah, well, there's your three, two, ones. Yeah, it's mine anyway. There we go. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we will there do you go, that, listeners. <laughs> Next question. You're also very, very welcome. Uh, Central Coast Mariners Men's Academy uh, playing in NPL 2 have had two very impressive come-from-behind victories in the last two weeks. Uh, two weeks ago, running out 4-3 winners against last year's champions, uh, Hills United, coached by Patrick Zvonswijk. Um, before... Not anymore, though, correct? But didn't he go to one? No, he is remaining at Hills until the next league season starts. Ah. Right. Uh, so I believe through until the end of the current NPL season. So he can brag about the header firsthand every day. I love it. Is <laughs> yeah, double agenting fully. <laughs> How good is that, huh? Um, before last weekend, uh, which I had the pleasure of calling down at Plume Park, going 2-0 down inside 15 minutes and coming back to win 8-3. Absolutely mental game, but it was so fun. Get down and spot the youth boys, lads. Definitely. Um, it's a fantastic afternoon out at Plume Park. Make sure you rug up warm. This Saturday. Uh, this Saturday, they play 3 o'clock against uh, Northern Tigers. Um, and uh, and CCU yeah. will actually be playing at 7 o'clock on Saturday. So it's going to be later. a good one. Um, get around. They seem like a team that probably should be in NPL 1. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Morrow just stirring the pot trying to you open just, up another can of worms. That's all can of worms, yep. You just have to be a Sydney club. <laughs> To get preference. Oh, dear. And oh the dear. chairman has to be the chairman of that club making the decision. Can yeah, you really, uh, you know, there's plenty to blame, but um, can you really blame people from being peeved off that we just got ignored, downtrodden, etc.? Anyway, moving well, it's on. It's not a surprise, unfortunately. Yeah, Sorry. I can definitely appreciate the club's frustrations, but perhaps limited in what I can say. <laughs> you guys go nuts. Like, that's. Don't, don't I said enough? <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I've missed the pod. Um, Procedural fairness. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Let's have some, please. FFA. Think about it. Maybe someone lost the email. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> email gate. A um, couple of other things quickly. Matt Nash, our former goalkeeping coach, went from spoon winner to plate winner at Sydney FC. Um, Daniel De Silva, returning to the club this season, went from spoon winner to plate winner to spoon winner. Up and down, just like his career. That's probably a pretty good summary, to be honest, of <laughs> Silva at the moment. He's, uh, I think to say he's probably been a bit frustrating. Yeah, we'll probably talk about him when we wash the up the season. But yeah. crikey, we're, like, literally, we look better when he's not playing, to be honest. I didn't want to say it like that, but I was just going to refer to his non-presence in the last game, mm. and that's really disappointing. Non-presence is a very good way to put it. Mm. And for someone in his role, needs to have... A lot more of a presence. A if there was a time we thought he was, you know, going to be our 
big saviour. Mm. Mm. I think he was for about two games. After that game when he scored that goal against the Wanderers where he ran like half the field. Or oh, no, Wanderers Palo, away. Did Palo Pumlis? No, he didn't. Yeah. Um, oh, okay, yep. yeah, I feel yeah. like it's all gone downhill. After when Hull and De Silva were the future of the club. <laughs> now Hull's Halcyon days they were. Now Hull spends his weekends at bloody Hotel Jasmine or whatever. <laughs> Hotel Jasmine just got identified as a COVID hotspot. It, <laughs> it, it, it did on the weekend. If you're listening, Hooli, get yourself tested. Not get just a mask, mate. Stay in um, ISO like you were when you were with us. Oh. <laughs> Leave, leave Danny alone. <laughs> For three! <laughs> oh, God, we are going stir-crazy. From downtown. In the pod cave. <laughs> I don't even know what's happening It really anymore. is a cave where we're in right Low now. Low oxygen. Let's, uh, let's touch on the A-League tipping uh, competition, the podcast tipping comp, I should say. Uh, situation normal. How many times have I said that when wrapping this one up? Kyle Moller at top of the table there. Faltered briefly there and let his dad back in for a look in. But Just looking at his last couple of rounds, he's gone one, one, and two. So, yeah, it's uh, he might be slipping. He might be losing his powers there. Might um, have to have a word. Uh, SGM in second space, only on goal difference though. Please stop the hurter. There's in too third. many morrows. Uh, <laughs> in third, only two points behind the top two there. Uh, in fourth place is my Corona on sixty-seven, and uh, Brennan Benos uh, running out the top five there on sixty-six. Uh, anything could happen in these last few games, so make sure you get your tips in there. Yeah, mostly what's happening for me is similar to, is it Cole's pricing? Down, down, down. Yeah, Moz, <laughs> you slipped from the top four down to eight. Um, I've somehow clawed my way into the top 30. Um, I don't think I've tipped since round two. Yep. Oh, I'm beating. I'm beating. Uh, you're probably still beating me, so to be I'm, fair. I'm in a bit of strife, to be honest. <laughs> These current teams are masquerading as the teams that were playing before COVID. Mm. Yeah, well, that's that's one thing. And we how did do you know who's earlier. playing at home? And who's who's bloody away? It's too hard to tell. <laughs> I mean, that's one thing we did mention earlier. Obviously, the uh, the Wanderers are struggling big time. Um, you know, Adelaide have looked good. Perth have been pretty poor, I thought. Um, and you know, until last night, until last night, yeah, they were they were much better. But again, playing against a poor Wanderers side. So to be honest, the mm. only team that's well, I mean, Sydney to a degree. Um, well, no, they've gone the opposite way. What I meant to say was really the only team that's kept their real form post-COVID has probably been the victory. They've been – they <laughs> yeah, were pretty was... shit beforehand and they were – They're still – Equally, if not worse. Well, they're after. worse without Toivonen, obviously, so that's yeah. that's a level of shitness that they go down to with no Toivonen. Hey, we did the double over them this year as well, so <laughs> – yeah, it's nice to finish on top of victory. Our boys in blue. <laughs> we lost to the Mariners. Three goals to two. Bit pitchy, but I'll allow it. Yes. <laughs> All right. Play on. Any final thoughts before we wrap this one up, boys? Um, no. That was boys, not boys, by the way. <laughs> no, no, you were. Lads, fellas, gents. Speaking directly to me. <laughs> uh, no, it's been, it's been a weird, well, it's like Wednesday now, but it's been a weird few days. I was, I was genuinely surprised Monday, actually, when the news broke. Uh, well, Tuesday morning when the news broke. Tuesday morning, mm. sorry. Um, yeah, it's, it's, Strange. I I was of the opinion maybe twelve months ago that it was probably on its way, and then I thought it dragged on and on and on. And I thought, well, maybe he is in this for the long haul, no matter what. Independent A League. Uh, I don't know why, but I held out some sort of hope that we would get the rights for the stadium, uh, which obviously hasn't happened and has has had a huge impact on uh, his decision. Um, so yeah, I was actually a bit surprised when I saw the news break. Um, so it's. I don't know. I'm I'm optimistic for the future now. 
Yeah, I'm a little bit optimistic for the future. I'm worried that, you know, that people won't see sense, but I'm optimistic that mm. change could be for the better. I'm worried that politics are going to play a big I think, part about I think they are. what happens when we've probably already seen that happen. Yeah, which will Locally. be a bit, you know, sad, I suspect, but I'm I'm hopeful about it nevertheless. And and I've sort of come to a place where, you know, there's plenty of things where Mike, I think, is to blame. But, you know, when I start reeling off the list of council couldn't be bothered, association seems hard to um, properly connect with on any permanent basis, um, can't get uh, any procedural fairness around our... Um, youth teams getting in the right divisions like other clubs seem to just automatically get. Um, can't get a women's team up. Um, variety of other roadblocks that have been thrown in front of us. I mean, eventually, yeah. So, bit surprised but not shocked. It feels like a very negative way to try and end the pod. <laughs> <laughs> you got boys over optimistic. here going, a, I'm feeling really I, positive and I really optimistic. optic. <laughs> and Moz going, I'm never going to get a women's team. <laughs> Politicians in the way. I'm just putting the perspective of Mike Charlesworth because I'm really thankful to him for what he's done Mm. during the period that he kept the club alive. I was about to say that I will counteract your negativity uh, with that despite everything and all of our criticism of him. And I know people can sit there and say, well, if he didn't, you know, if he didn't save the club, then someone else would have. But that's all very much hindsight and you don't know that for sure. You don't know that. The reality is is that he did step up when it was looking like and word on the street is that we were within hours of yep. probably going under. Uh, he did step up and step in when we needed someone to and he did and I do genuinely thank him for that. But it got after probably three years, it was pretty evident that um, long term, he maybe wasn't the right person to hold on to it. And yep. in my opinion, he's probably held on to it for probably too long, three or four years too long, yep. and probably needed to get out earlier. And in the squad, but I do genuinely thank him. In the squad investment stakes, he probably realizes that now. Yes, mm. definitely. I think he realized that a fair while ago, to be honest. And that's why, you know, over the years, he has sought investment from other people to come in. You know, we've had Anton come through, um, Cameron Khan for a period of time as well. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, like you say, it just wasn't sustainable for him to be the majority shareholder. Um, and you know what? Like you said, boys, so I'm, I'm feeling pretty, pretty positive about where we go from here. We are almost in a post Charlesworth sentiment. era. Almost, almost, yeah, almost a post Charlesworth era. Yeah, Which is weird to say because, like I said a week ago, I would not thought I'd be sitting here saying that. Yeah. So. Well, time to um, obviously look towards the future. Um, the future is, I don't want to say uncertain because that sounds very negative, but uh, <laughs> potentially bright, maybe. Who knows? We'll see. When's the grand final? Yeah, well, uh, oh, do, we, do, we, do we know that? Have I put you on the spot there? Thirtieth of August, I'm guessing. Uh, it's it's towards the end of August. So I think we'll come back post grand final. For yeah, a, look, so we'll there's do, some certainty. We'll, We're gonna be back. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna do it the again. Only, yeah, the only the only certainty in life is death, taxes, and the Coast Football Ramble podcast <laughs> eventually doing another show. So rough scheduling, but we'll be here at some point. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to do a you know a wash up and rate the players. Wash rate up the and wash down. A birthday a birthday podcast for me actually. Yes. Uh, yes. Right, cakes on. Cakes on you guys. <laughs> Beers too. Love it. All right. Deal. Thanks so much, everyone, once again, for tuning in and listening to our ramble. Um, much appreciated. Look forward to catching up with you guys again very, very soon. Okay, love you. See you. Bye.
Charles. Serious question. <laughs> should, I, should I send him a text? What should I say to him? Charles Worth? Yeah. 100%. I can't let him go like this. 